The Xbox Drive is powered by the You, Me, and Capri Patreon. We want to say thank you to some people, starting with our Diamond Executive Producer, Slimer Snarf. And then to our Gold Level Patrons like James Johnson, Ryan Turford, Egg Shen, Nasty Boots and Tammy, Joel Brooks, and Jonathan Brown. Thank you everyone for all of your support. Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford, the man on the moose, and on our journey today. We've got Snowbike Mike in the car, and today's going to be a high-octane episode, baby. Get it? There's a, it's a gas pun. I'm, I'm in a car. So turn that dial up and jump on in to the Xbox drop. Bob! Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. I've got so much energy, dude. I can't handle myself right now. I'm so excited for what we have in store for everybody this week on the Xbox Drive. Same here, same here. Well, speaking of hype, segue, we have Snowbike Bike here as well. Say hi, Snowbike Bike. Sean and Ryan, thank you for uh, bringing me along on the ride. I'm very excited to talk Xbox with both of you. Hey, thank you so much for joining us as well. So first of all, if those who are listening to this right now are not familiar with who you are, let, let them know who you are and how they can learn the hype. That is Snowbike Mike. Uh, Snowbike Mike, I'm an average dude living out in beautiful Lake Tahoe, California, but you might have seen me talking Xbox with all of my best friends throughout my Twitch streams at twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike. I'm an aspiring esports shoutcaster, and I love everything Xbox. So that's pretty much me. So come on down, hang out with me anytime you'd like. Very nice. Very nice. Well, on today's show, we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, especially in Xbox land, because it's been a very exciting week of xbox but before we get into all that we got to clean the garage a little bit because we got some quick housekeeping notes of course all y'all might be listening to this thursday morning when it goes live there is a little event called the xbox series x reveal event all about third-party uh, games on xbox series x uh so that'll be on at 11 a.m eastern standard time and I, Ryan Turford, will actually be live streaming my reactions to to the show. So you can uh, come join me at twitch.tv slash Ryan Turford at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and watch the show along with me. Come hang out, say hi, um, and uh, we'll watch the show together. Also, Sean, you and I will be recording a special episode of The Extra Mile um, that afternoon. So that will go up either Thursday night or Friday morning. Probably on Thursday, but again, mm-hmm. we'll give you all the details on the Twitter page uh, when we know that that's going on. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited to see uh, a t- what uh, what games are going to look like on the Series X. But we're not going to get into that just yet because that that's for later in the show. Uh, other thing I wanted to throw out there as well. Um, thank you to all of your awesome feedback, all y'all, for the Streets of Rage for Extra Mile that went live this week. Uh, I had a ton of fun making it. I had a ton of fun with the game. So that'll segue us right nicely into the carpool. Let's grab our eight tracks and pop them in. And Streets of Rage 4, I played it a ton this week. Loved it. I won't get into it because my full thoughts are up there. Uh, Snowbike Mike, what did you play this week? Well, I actually played Streets of Rage 4 as well. And I will just quickly say it since you already talked about it before, but it was my first time ever playing a Streets of Rage game. It was the first time I've ever even heard of Streets of Rage as I never grew up with this franchise. And having it, of course, on Game Pass was a huge benefit for me as I probably would not have bought it. But thank you to the power of Game Pass, I was able to play it with a friend and I had an absolute blast. This game is a must check out on Game Pass. Soundtrack is banging. Gameplay is fun. Art style is awesome. All around, really cool game. I loved it. I love that. Mike, I got to ask, because I'm a self-declared, maybe the worst player at Brawlers of in the history of Brawlers. I'm really bad at these games. Like, do you have, like, a history with, with, with Brawlers? Like, is this something that I know you hadn't heard of Streets of Rage, but, like, were you playing other beat-em-ups as a kid and stuff, and, and this could sort of scratch a certain itch for you? No, I would actually say this is out of my wheelhouse, similar to another game mm. we'll talk about in a moment. So this is normally a game, the 2D side-scrolling brawlers, that I would just kind of shrug off and not play on my normal day-to-day. But I think what got me, of course, was the Game Pass, but that online co-op aspect of bringing in a friend to play with. I think having somebody there with you, I'm a big multiplayer game advocate. I love having somebody to bounce things off of, laugh with, create moments with, and I think that's what saved it for me. It's also only 12 stages, so it's very quick. You can beat it in a night. You can beat it in two nights. You can extend it. You can play more. But I think having that compact campaign, the soundtrack really drove it. 
the opportunity to play with a friend, all of these factors built into, man, this was a really fun experience and something that I would never play similar to what you're saying now, Sean. Golly. Yeah, that is, uh, that speaks to me directly, dude. I'm not a, I'm not somebody who goes like brawler. I'm in immediately. I like, I'm pretty self-conscious about my inabilities in that, in that genre for sure, dude. But, uh, that's exciting, man. Have you been playing anything else? Yeah. So I'll bring up one more title. Of course, gears tactics. I know you guys talked about it last week, but it is the hot Xbox and PC game right now over on the PC side. Thanks to game pass. Of course, on PC being able to play that I've sunk now about nine hours into it. Just finished the first act and it's a meaty game. Like you guys talked about on the last podcast, This is a big tactical game, also something that's not normally in my wheelhouse. I've played XCOM. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that, but I'm more of a fast-paced multiplayer game guy. And uh, for me to slow it down and enjoy Gears Tactics like I did, wow, oh, wow. This is a must-play as well on the PC side. Coming to console later this year like you guys talked about. But this game is a lot of fun. And I think for me personally as an Xbox fanatic, it is better than XCOM because I feel more tied to the world. I tie, I'm i tied yeah. to the lore, the characters. And I really think it did some great improvements for a player that might not be that entrenched in the tactical turn-based game style. I think you'll really like this. It's very, very cool. Nice, man. Are you customizing? Because Brian and I went through our playthroughs and didn't realize that we could <laughs> customize some of, those, some of those troops. Are you making any of your friends appear in the game as well? I have done that before, but I've actually sticking to the main cast of heroes, as you guys yeah. talked about last week. So I listened mm-hmm. to your podcast. I was making some friends. I enjoyed that aspect. But really, when it came down to it, it was like, man, look at these four characters, these four heroes they were to give you with Coltrane as that DLC that you guys brought up. And it's like, man, why would I want to skip away from that? But there were some really cool generic recruits that you could get one of the guys names was volcano the other one was oh. specter and it's like man these are really cool nicknames that i probably like could american not come gladiators up with. over here exactly so <laughs> i would say I it was need- very cool Right, uh, Mike, when I watch your streams, I often try to imagine you in like different occupations. So I'm like, what would Snowbike Mike be like as a as a funeral director, right? Like, oh, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss, but we're going to have an amazing time. <laughs> so I'd love to see you in basically everything. <laughs> I like so that. Sean might have come uh, up I with a TV see- show for me. I like that, Sean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just every week. It's like, what job are you going to have this week? And it's going to be real weird. Uh, you'll be a librarian, and it'll be incredible. Uh, so, yeah, dude, I'm glad you're enjoying uh, Gears Tactics. Well, I'll t- toss it back over to, to Ryan as I have to stop at this red light. You say this, but literally I was about to toss to you and ask oh, okay, Sean, cool. quick, real quick, what, what were you playing this week? Because I know it's uh, an older game. Oh, it's a frustrating game, Ryan. It's NHL 20, uh, finally. You know, we often talk about like all these free games that are coming to services like Game Pass and EA Access and everything, and I and I say I'm excited, and I never end up getting around to it. I did get around to playing some NHL 20, and I realized quickly that it has been literal years since I played in any sort of competitive sense. I, I fired it back up on online versus, and Ooh. everybody else hasn't skipped a beat with NHL 20, and I skipped many beats, and I suck ass at this game, and I'm still very frustrated by NHL 20. So um, not really anything new to report other than I was uh, genuinely surprised by the the commentary change that, that happened this year. It must have been just this 20 year uh, well, yeah, versus they, 2019. They brought in James Sabolski this year from way from better. PSN, which is which is a lot different, whereas they had before they had the NBC team, which... Mm-hmm. Wasn't as Which good. I, I love in real life. I, I love Doc Emmerich in real life. Of uh, of uh, Jim Houston. Jim Houston. Classic. The, uh, the, the commentary back in the day on like NHL 06, for example. Dude, no kidding. Oh yeah, that was for so many years. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a good game. It's a, it's gonna be the one that kind of it's a palate cleanser for me. I'm glad I have it on on EA Access. I love hockey. It, it scratched a bit of an itch, but. I almost I almost threw my $200 uh, Elite Series 2 controller across the room. <laughs> just, I'm just getting my ass handed to me. See, this. When, like, it's not even close. When you first started that story, Sean, I thought it might have been because I jumped into NHL 20 this week as well. And uh, my very first game, I won 9 nothing over another player, uh, as my Probably Calgary me. Flames, who was playing as the Edmonton Oilers. So I thought that maybe you felt that because you knew it's- your Oilers just suffered such a devastating defeat that you just didn't love the game as much, but no, I I mean, yeah, the online players are actually really good. So, you know, I'm thinking of that, that, that gif of, um, uh, Mad Max. That's bait. That's bait. I'm not taking it. He's not going to bite that right now. I will Mm -hmm. say NHL 20 is fantastic. What they've done with that series over the years is truly incredible. 
I want to give a big shout out while we have a moment. The tutorial mode that they've created over the past two years is truly incredible. For people that That's might not be go. truly entrenched in hockey or are afraid of the new stick skill system that they've implemented over the years, this tutorial that they've created is truly one of a kind and something that's unmatched in the sports genre world of video games. And I got to say, NHL 20, that's a must play if you can. I enjoy NHL 20. It's not a huge hockey guy, but I love hockey. But NHL uh, World of Shell with the 3v3s where they turn off the penalties and stuff is some of the greatest game modes you could ever play in a sports game. It brings me back to the streets and NHL hit series where there's no mm-hmm. rules. You're just beating each other up, laughing and having a good time. That's a great way to play with your friends. Oh, my God. Totally. I was just going to say it's a callback for sure. Those old three on three uh, modes. And I definitely I don't want to give up on NHL 20. It's very much like me to completely rage quit given what's happened. But I saw that training mode. I definitely want to check it out because I watched a video on why I'm losing my face offs. And that junk is complicated, man. I've got to get I've got to get caught up on all the changes they make to face offs. Holy crap. You got to hashtag get good. That's what you got. I do, really John. do. I really do. Yeah, because <laughs> well, I, I right now suck. My God. Well, let's slam the brakes on this conversation. It's time for some breaking news. And holy, we got a lot of news this week. Let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen. So strap yourselves in because we, we're going to go through this pretty quick. Number one, first on the docket, I had tweeted this out that this would be number one. Even though we actually have bigger news, I, I, I stuck to my promise. Xbox announced this week that Xbox Game Pass has reached 10 million subscribers. That's a lot of subscribers. It's not as many as Netflix. But for a $15 a month service where you get free games and you get online multiplayer, that's a pretty big deal. There's also uh, 50 million Xbox Live users in the wild in general as well. That includes PC. Um, so yeah, really good numbers from Xbox Game Pass. And it's awesome to see so many people on board with with Game Pass, especially because we, we talk about the value of Game Pass so often on the show. Um, mm-hmm. So it's awesome to see uh, some real numbers on this because this is the first time I think we've gotten numbers on Game Pass in, in a while or just at all. So uh, it's cool to see how many people are in. Speaking of Game Pass segue, we've got some games leaving Game Pass, <laughs> including Doom 2016, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, Mega Man Legacy uh, Collection 2, Metal Gear Survive, Black Desert, The Banner Saga, and the Lego Ninjago movie video game mm. are all leaving on May 15th. That's a lot of really good games that are leaving Game Pass uh, this month. Uh, so definitely go play those while you still can, especially if you haven't checked out Black Desert and you wanted to check that game out. That now's your time to do it because I don't rub it in, it Ryan. You know I wanted to get to that game, but uh, it's probably not going to happen. It's part of the reason why why I'm mentioning there it as well because we did a whole episode on MMOs and Black Desert was the one where I told people to go play. So, uh, but we do get some new games coming to Game Pass real soon, including Final Fantasy IX, Fractured Minds, and Daisy. So uh, those are coming to the service soon. In fact, Final Fantasy IX is the first of the Final Fantasy games that we were kind of promised last summer that uh, is finally coming to Game Pass. So uh, look out for that. They didn't give exact dates on those, but it sounds like it's going to be sometime this week. All right. Speaking of Game Pass as well, last news story real quick. Halo 2 comes to Game Pass on PC May 12th. Let's go! It's happening, Sean, finally. And uh, I mean, other than Halo 3 and 4, the collection's pretty much there. So uh, definitely check out Halo 2 on PC next week. So something that we didn't get to talk too much about on the show last week, Sean, Assassin's Creed Valhalla got announced. It's coming holiday 2020. It's got Vikings, RPG mechanics, and male-female protagonists are returning. So the gameplay reveal is obviously coming uh, during the Xbox event uh, later today after you're listening to this. Uh, but what do you all think about this? Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. What do you think about Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Are you hyped for this? Oh, so hyped. I mean, I think every year since when we came out with the first Assassin's Creed, I get hyped. I get excited for Assassin's Creed. And even when we were doing year after year, I never felt that burnt out because it was such a great game. And now as we've switched it up from Origins to Odyssey, now looking to Valhalla with the Vikings going up against, we'll call just the Knights. I'm very excited. I think this is going to be great. The cinematic trailer was, of course, incredible. And we'll see gameplay probably after you hear this. We're going to see some gameplay and we'll get to talk about that. But this is going to be an awesome way to kick off a new console generation. Mike, didn't you think like didn't you think that that was like one of the most violent and just awe-inspiring trailers you've ever seen dude like i was completely taken aback by what they they unveiled with that like there's they are not holding back at all 
I think every scene would make your jaw drop. Every frame you could pause and pick something out of it. And like you said, mm -hmm. it was violent. It was high energy. It was fast action, high packed stuff. And I got to say, it brought me back. It made me feel like Game of Thrones. I was like, oh my gosh, these Vikings make me feel like the wildlings. And that might Ooh. be because one of the characters looked like, uh, you know, the wildling with the red hair. And I was like, man, yeah. I cannot wait to pretend to be wildlings running around just murdering everyone I can. <laughs> but yeah, super great trailer. Very excited for the next upcoming Assassin's Creed, especially after what we saw with Odyssey. It's only room for improvement. I know a lot of my friends said, oh, man, I wanted to go to Japan and be a ninja. I think this is a yeah. good compromise for me right now. It's super original, I think, and like that. That like I don't normally get excited for trailers. I've I've talked about this before, but like I don't like the notion of like like a video game event being just hit play on the trailer reel and let go. Like I don't I don't normally get excited by trailers, but but this one I think is up there with I'll I'll say like the Breath of the Wild trailer, which I think I hold in very very high regard. I am stoked for this game, and I love the the hidden blade at the end, dude. I thought that guy was screwed, and he's just like nope. Poking the eyeball with a with my hidden little blade, and now you don't have an eyeball, and now you're dead. Even though you're, I thought that guy was cheating. He's got that big old armor, and there's no <laughs> way to penetrate. And you're just like doing nothing. You just you got a hidden blade in the eye. The, the secret, the secret weapon, Ryan. I am so stoked for Assassin's Creed. Oh my god. The secret tech. Now, real question: Are you real ready, excited to be uh, run around for another hundred hours in that world, I might. or possibly longer? I might, man, but I, I'm going to have to bite my tongue a little bit here, too, because we're just about to learn about all the new games that are coming to Series X. But Assassin's Creed is is right up there. It's a day one thing for me. It's clear my schedule. I'm going to be dumping dozens, if not hundreds of hours into this thing, which you guys know, that's just not that's that's not a normal thing for me. So I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, same here. I mean, honestly, uh, I, I was already pretty hyped before we got the trailer and uh, the trailer. All it did was just raise it to another level of hypeness. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm I'm so excited for that game. <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm not overly excited to see the gameplay only because I'm, I kind of know what to expect with it. But I really hope to just be surprised by, by when we see the gameplay. Like, I hope there's some new movement tech or some uh, other uh, animation stuff that they're able to do to, that maybe surprises us. Um, we do know as well the, uh, direct, the, the lead on this one is the lead from Origins. So it's not the same team that did Odyssey. Um, because I, I know that they're working on gods and monsters, but I, I'm still super hyped for this. That well, we got the press Dude, release. There's that like went over 15 studios skills. working on that game. There's like yeah. 15 studios. So yeah, like it'll <laughs> it'll be massive. There's no doubt about that. I was just gonna say the press release we got when I, as soon as I started reading, I'm like, yep, this is exactly the game I want. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm so hyped for it. Uh, speaking of game reveals, we got uh, an interesting announcement from Jeff Keighley this week, all about Summer Game Fest, which is basically a schedule of digital events including game reveals, in-game events, and playable content from a variety of companies from May until August. So there's actually full details at severgamesfest.com. Uh, um, there's already a new game reveal on uh, coming May 12th that Jeff is actually going to be unveiling as well. Plus the Series X event is part of this whole thing as well. Um, so it's really interesting that um, now not only do we have IGN Summer of Gaming, but we also have uh, Summer Game Fest as basically our... Uh, almost like E3 sub uh, substitution for the year. So um, how excited are you guys that for the for this? And are you going to be checking the website all the time? Uh, I'll start with you, Mike. Uh, I'm super excited. You know, I actually got to meet Sean live in person last year at E3 for my first ever E3. And it was a really big deal. I mean, for gamers around the globe, no matter what age you are, you always looked at E3 as the mecca of video gaming. And I know... You know, some people might say that the taste had soured over the years, but for me, for a first-timer, last year was truly something special. And to see mm -hmm. Jeff Keighley and the video game community as a whole, right? You have GameSpot, you have IGN, you have Xbox, everybody coming together to say, hey, let's still make this summer something special, even if we're stuck at home due to COVID-19, or if E3 isn't the same, we're going to still come together, pull up our bootstraps and make something special and I'm really excited to see what it is, right? I think we're all here at home looking for content, looking for what's mm -hmm. the next big thing, especially in a summer slash year that's the next generation cycle, right? Like, we want to know what Xbox, what Sony, what Nintendo, what our favorite publishers are doing. And so now's the time of, like, somebody had to seize the moment. I'm very excited to see what Jeff does. I know he just put this morning up the first ever post up on the website of what will happen, so that's pretty exciting. I don't know if I'll look at it every single day, 
but it is something where it's like, man, this is going to be cool to see what they do and how they can evolve it if this becomes a staple for next summer and the summer after that. Yeah, I love that there's just one place to go find all this stuff as well. So, I mean, uh, if someone ever asks us, hey, where can I go to find out when a lot of these individual events are going to happen? This is the perfect place to send them to. I mean, I think it's it's cool that all these are going to be scheduled in, in such a way as well where they're not going to overlap with each other. At least that's what I'm assuming uh, is going to happen with this uh, or the reason why uh, Summer uh, Game Fest is a thing. So, honestly, I'm super excited to see what's going to come with this, including... The next two news stories come from from Summer Game Fest. The first one from CD Project Red. They've announced Night City Wire, which is taking place on June 11th. That will show more of Cyberpunk 2077. So we might not see it at the reveal today. And if if we don't, it'll be because it'll be at its own event next month, which is exciting. Also, that same day, EA Play is also making a return as a digital event. Uh, so expect new game announcements from EA on June 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, they also mentioned as well on an investor's call that multiple sports games are coming to Xbox Series X, quote unquote, soon, which I would assume will probably be the launch day. Plus, multiple unannounced games will be out before March 2021, which could be all kinds of stuff. So I'm actually kind of excited for EA Play this year. I think that they're probably going to surprise us with some some new game announcements maybe sean just maybe we might see dragon age i'm not oh. i'm not saying we will but maybe that game actually exists somewhere what do you what do you think oh hi there can i please get a iced coffee and a large <laughs> diet coke oh a medium would be great thanks yep that's all thank you Thank you. The, the the Coke is for for my wife. She likes to have a she likes to have a tall, cold Diet Coke from McDonald's. It's the best Diet Coke you can buy in all of the land. Ryan, Dragon Age is a stretch. I would love to see it. I'd love to hear it. Um, honestly, I'd be stoked with a Mass Effect remaster at this stage, man. That's where my expectations are at for EA. But um, yeah, dude, like glad to see that E3 hasn't completely died. It still sort of like exists in this in this new kind of way and. Um, what a serendipitous time for COVID to, I think, force the hand of a lot of different publishers and outlets to cover news for the um, for the upcoming next generation of consoles in a totally different way. It's like new consoles, new new way of learning and getting hyped about all this stuff. I'm I'm along for the ride, man. I'm just glad everybody was able to change course so quickly, and that Jeff Keighley's got something to be excited about, and EA still got their EA Play. But hopefully, um, they make some good decisions. This is a chance for them to leave the last generation behind them. They, I think they, they had more than a few slip-ups and um, they, they need to have a generation like Ubisoft had this last gen. And I think they can do it, man. They're, they're, they're smart people running that company. They just had a couple mistakes last, last gen. Yeah, I think that, I think they can really turn it around, and and this is the the type of event that could be the start of that, which is also why I'm kind of excited about this, and and I, I anticipate that this event will be more than just hey, by the way, The Sims Four is on the next console, mm, or Madden right. is coming. I, I think there's more to this than that, and and that's why I'm excited about that. Well, last news story, which is all about news stories for the rest of the year, Xbox <laughs> made an interesting announcement this week. Xbox 2020, as in 2020 Vision, is here. So Microsoft has announced that there will be new Xbox Series X announcement every month for the rest of the year. <laughs> so much <laughs> That's news. Bonkers. That's so much news. So I'm going to actually read this quote from uh, Aaron Greenberg's Twitter page all about this. Thank you. And he kind of uh, outlines the, the next couple months of Xbox 2020. Uh, so he says... Thursday show will be under an hour. So the show uh, that's going to happen today, under an hour. June news will be done much differently than an inspired Xbox show. July is going to be the big Xbox Hi, Game Studio you. show where we go around the world and see first looks and even new game announcements from those creative teams. So it once again states, of course, that uh, there's just way too much stuff for them to show or announce in a two-hour show. So that's why they're doing this, which is awesome that we're going to basically see be seeing new information from xbox basically for the every month until the console launches uh mike how hyped are you for this giant hype cycle that xbox has created every single month this is incredible ryan this is something where like you said and sean did a great job describing this we're adjusting we're changing to a new world we're living in and instead of just having one big e3 presentation for an hour now it's like guess what we want to be open with all of you. We want to be transparent and we want to bring you all the Xbox news you need to know about. And that gets me so ecstatic to know that I can listen to you guys. 
I can talk to my friends, and we can share Xbox fun each and every month throughout it, guaranteed the summer and probably onward. This is something to get hyped about. This is awesome. Yeah, and it and takes love- away that like doesn't it take away like what what Nintendo fans are often like? Is there going to be a direct? Is there going to be a direct? Like that yeah. sucks, man. I don't know about you guys, but that is a that's a terrible feeling. And people fight about whether the rumor is going to be true. We have a clear roadmap on when we're going to be learning more, and and uh, that just that to me is like so smart because it's I feel in direct contrast to Nintendo's approach of surprise. You'll never know when you're going to get it. I feel like this respects the fan base a little bit more, if I dare say so. Yeah, and I would say I, I love the transparency of all this. And and it's actually even so, so different than what Sony's doing as well, because Sony's kind of falling into that Nintendo camp as well, because, I mean, who knows what's going on with the PS5. Little cagey, right? Yeah, so I love that just Xbox has come out in front of everything and said, look, here's what you can expect. Even Aaron being so transparent on his Twitter page and just basically said, yeah, here's what the, the events for the next three months are going to be about and each one what each one's going to focus on. And hey, by the way, this is going to happen until November. They, they've already clarified that this is a thing until the console comes out. So, I, and we assume it's just coming out in November. Did I mean, he say November? Out. I was going to say, yeah, they didn't really confirm well, that. And they, I, I see people playing they, with that date, right? The, the 20 slash 20, people are like, if they throw an 11, then that's the date. 11, 20, 20 is potentially <laughs> the, the, the release date. I think that's pretty smart. I got to stick with my original prediction, Ryan. October. They got to be first, man. They got to beat PlayStation 5 out of the gate. I wanted a month earlier. Honestly, I'm going to stick with my original prediction as well, which was uh, November. It wasn't the 20th. It was the, the that week, though, like the mm-hmm. the Wednesday of that week. And there was a reason I picked that date. Number one, because that was when uh, the Xbox uh, All Access uh, turned over, but also because it was also the original launch date of uh, the the original Xbox. So uh, I kind of put two and two together and was like, oh, this is probably what they're targeting. But but we'll see. In fact, uh, Mike, since we've thrown our hats in the ring, when do you think the console is actually coming out? Man, you guys have two good months right there in October and November. I don't think you can truly go wrong. I don't know how much wiggle room Microsoft and Xbox really have in today's new climate of a lot of people being unemployed and dealing with COVID. So it's tough to see a huge adjustment to push to November, or I mean, push to December. But I'm going to stick in November, but I'm going to go November 10th, a Tuesday for me, it. middle of the week, early. I think it's right before Black Friday and Thanksgiving. I think that gives you some time to get it. But I agree. I like your thought process of it's got to come out before PlayStation, especially like I said. A lot of us around the globe have lost our jobs. Money's going to be tight. If you can be the first one to reach into somebody's wallet, I think will be a huge factor Mm -hmm. over now I have to juggle which one do I buy on the same week, in the same month. That could be a huge factor as well, and October could lead to that. That's a good idea. Mike, I'm going to lean into that a little bit too, and I've been saying for a long time that that all-access purchase option where where people don't have have their income or maybe they'll just be recovering from a job loss and getting back on the market – um, if you are able to walk into a store or order it from Amazon and put down $0 and say, this will cost me 30 or 40 bucks, like it's much more manageable. And I feel like that could be, they could maybe just maybe serendipitously walk into a situation where that is by far the premium and first choice for people to, to go into the series X generation. Yeah. And I hope that honestly that we talked about it when we talked to, when they announced that program, I seriously hope that they expand it outside of the United States because it is only available in the United States right now. And I'm interested to see what that price model looks like. Uh, number one, when the Series X comes out, but then also uh, what it looks like outside of the United States. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with all access. It's going to play a huge part in them selling this console. That's for sure. And I would imagine that June event Based on the way Aaron's teasing it, that's probably when we're going to hear more information about that because it sounds yeah, like ooh. the July showcase is going to be all about th- first-party games, and this one's all third-party games. So I would imagine the June event will probably be the, the, the showcase of that stuff. But enough of that. Let's let some people into the car with us, Sean. It's time for the carpool. And we got a lot of really good questions this week as well. Thank you so much again to everyone out there for submitting your questions. And y'all, get once again, killed it. If you would like to be part of the show, however, uh, hit us up at the Xbox drive on Twitter. We post a uh, questions post now, usually every Tuesday night, just because of uh, when we're recording on Wednesdays. So hit us up there. Like Seamus McIsaac did at famous Seamus. He asks if you could design your very own special edition Xbox series X, what kind of design would you go with? 
a Halo Infinite design, Cyberpunk, Assassin's Creed, Gears, the sky's the limit. I'm going to give you two uh, a bit of time to think about this because I thought of this a little bit ahead of time. Uh, I, so I have a, a, two answers, actually. My my uh, joke answer, of course, since we just had made the fourth yesterday, would be a Jar Jar Binks Xbox Series X that when you press the, the power on button, he says, you see, you see, you see people going to die or a bunch of Jar Jar Binks related noises. <laughs> it could be shaped like Jar Jar Binks' head. Me. It would be amazing. Think of the controller, the Jar Jar I'm Binks dying. controller you could have with that. I don't want to. Uh, but my real answer, actually, and this is kind of a missed opportunity uh, with the the Xbox One X, actually, is mm -hmm. when Friday the 13th came out, I really wanted a Friday the 13th themed console mm. because I love Friday the 13th a lot. So I would love an Xbox Series X Friday the 13th edition that maybe comes with all eight movies and has uh, Jason's mask on the console and that it makes like uh, the the kick, kick, bah, 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 noise when, when you boot up the really console. Good. Like, how awesome would that be? Like, it would be similar to the R2-D2 Xbox 360, but with Friday the 13th. So that would be kind of my dream console. Um, if I could have a custom console done, that would actually be probably the one I would get. So, Mike, I'm going to go to you next. What, what would be your dream Xbox Series X console? I'm ready. I jumped in the car a little early with all my best friends, and I read the questions before the show. So I, I've been ready. And, of course, it's tough <laughs> to... Envision a custom console without thinking about Xbox Pope and all of his incredible designs right. on Instagram and Twitter. So I immediately went there and was just like, okay, I'll just steal his ideas. But he does have a really a great Assassin's Creed Valhalla one with a deep blue and an ocean blue mixed together. I think is truly beautiful. I think series that really speak to me on a personal level would be Conker's Bad Fur Day. I would love to see Conker on the side of my Xbox series x and have a custom edition there i think of basketball i'm such a big nba fan could i mix something in with an nba team and have something texturized maybe on the side to make it feel like a basketball grip or look at least like a basketball grip would be pretty cool and i think my mm -hmm. final one i go back to that is always will be in my mind is the xbox 360 special edition with homer simpson on the side bright yellow homer's head on the side simpsons will always be a part of my childhood and I will oh, never I forget it. that custom console. I think it was that always was awesome. the <laughs> coolest, the brightest, and something that really resonated with, I'm sure, me and a lot of others. So I'll always go with that yellow Homer Simpsons, maybe a pink donut on the side. Can't go wrong with that. Very nice. Or maybe the Dude. pink donut could be the controller. It could be oh. a, a donut controller. <laughs> Great idea. God, you're thinking outside the box now. I like it. Exactly. Now, uh, Sean, what about you? Thinking outside the Xbox has got to be another segment that we're going to have to introduce here because that is amazing. Dude. Um, you guys have to help me out here because I'm driving a car and I can't Google it. Can you remind me what the building in Die Hard is called? The Tower the Yakamura? Nakatomi Plaza. Yakatomi go. Plaza. I want that. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a serious Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> With the explosion. <laughs> And the dude playing out the side of it, that's uh, that's my my joke. I have a couple of joke uh, or silly ones because the boring one is like, I just want them to have really strong partnerships with third parties. Well, I'm really excited by what they're going to tell us tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. Um, like Sony won all of that. They had the Batman, they had the Star Wars, they had all the things. And I want Xbox to be back on that. Um, but guys, I want to go around the world and have monuments from, from all across the land. I want to have an Eiffel Tower version of of the series x i want to have a mount fuji we got to have a landmark in japan you can have that thing just like it's so tall you well, just kind of it would be more sensible to have like a tokyo tower one because that's actually in the same shape of the xbox one well, let's do it x. let's do it i mean the thing is that it almost looks like it's the center of like your volcano project in a science fair when you're in grade seven <laughs> that's what i start to think of with the shape there's endless possibilities that you could play with but uh yeah no i think i'll stick with my diehard answer as my number one man that one's actually really good. I kind of want that now. But but real question, though, does this mean we can actually get a CN Tower shaped uh, Xbox Series X? Because that would be dope. I would totally buy that. Mm, sure. Yeah. Why the hell not? I was trying to think of what else we could do in Canada. But like nobody, nobody. I was going to say, really we don't have here. good landmarks here. We no. just have we, uh, we could have a West Edmonton Mall one, though. There could be like a, a working sub inside of it and everything. Just like West Edmonton Mall. It'd be great. I, I think just put our colored money on each side of it. Oh, oh the, the color money, the Canadian mm -hmm. money console. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, would be, that would be solved. Oh, man. All right. Next up from Mr. Moody at Mr. Glorious One. He asks, do you expect some of the AAA games to be exclusive to Xbox? And if so, which one would you love to see as, as an exclusive? Go wild. Bring on the hype! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Um, 
I expect at this showcase in particular, there will be at least one exclusive third-party game and it'll probably be a triple a game and yeah i would love to see a triple a exclusive um that being said i'm always not a fan of triple a exclusives that are of series that have appeared on other consoles uh the tomb raider uh one with rise of the tomb raider for example being a timed exclusive was kind of rubbed me the wrong way so that's not the type of the thing i would love to see um so i would love to see like a, a new triple a ip come yeah. from a, a studio like Square Enix or Activision or someone like that that is exclusive to Xbox. So that's more along the lines of what I would like to see. Uh, but Sean, I'll go to you next. What, what do you think about this? Well, I'm kind of along the same lines. It's hard to go like pick this franchise and make it exclusive to Xbox mm-hmm. because I don't think that really goes well at all, ever. Um, and you brought up a great, a great example of that. But I'm reminded of on the 360 era, like people often forget that Mass Effect started as an exclusive there. And so did Bioshock. So hopefully we get a little bit more of that where new IP really like, and those are some of the best games ever made. Um, hopefully Microsoft has forged partnerships to allow for for that in the future. But um, I think it's important to have those um, those partnerships. I think rather than exclusives, I'd rather lean on like, it's it's so weird just to have the marketing deal. And it, it seems like it matters. I, I would love for Bungie to come back home in a way that, that Destiny, is, like you play Destiny on Xbox uh, Series X or Series S or whatever. I think that would, those types of things would actually excite me even more because um, it just, it's more, it seemed like it was, it was a really important thing in this last gen with everybody going over to PS4. Nice. And uh, Mike, what do you think about this? I'm going to tell the listeners right now, you got two incredible drivers here at the helm. These two guys are so smart. I feel so great because I had trouble figuring out who I would really want as a third-party exclusive because, of course, I could pull a rabbit out of the hat and be like, I want Cyberpunk 2077, but it just doesn't sound right to me to say that. And the Tomb Raider callback, the Mass Effect callback, you guys are so smart, so intelligent on that. Um, Very cool stuff. I think, for me, if we're just going to daydream and dream about things, I would love to see... Xbox team up with EA and make mm-hmm. Skate 4 exclusive to Xbox. Ooh. Or another dream would be team up with EA, bring back EA big, and let's make SSX again. Let's make the street franchises, and let's bring arcade sports games only to Xbox and make people think of their childhood, think about a title that could be you know anywhere from $20 to $40 and say, man, I want that. Or on Game Pass, of course, as well, if it's exclusive, but... I think that would be something really special to me wow yeah man that's awesome yeah now i kind of now i kind of want that especially because like e- those ea big games were, were so awesome and i'm a huge fan of, of stuff like ssx3 so i would love to see just that franchise return so and ea's been sitting out a lot of franchises so i'd love to see them team up with xbox and do some cool stuff kind of in the same way that like don't odds teaming up with them to do uh um tell me why i would love to see something mm-hmm. them do see Ooh, them do something one. like that so ryan my answer is legacy of kane i talked about that a couple weeks ago legacy of kane soul reaver some something back in that it's like an old franchise and most people don't remember but if you do you love it make it uh xbox like pc and console exclusive that would be dope I kind of just want to see Lost Odyssey too, uh, just yeah. exclusive to Xbox. Ooh, they should nice think that game exists. And or Blue Dragon, just, bring back or, Blue Dragon. <laughs> yeah, Blue Dragon's okay. <laughs> okay, it's okay. All right, next up we got uh, Donnie Reese at Play in Nintendo. He asks, "Do you think the the third party games we're going to see at the showcase will all feature smart delivery? Can we finally put to rest and announce everything as X Gen supported, or do you anticipate many games selling?" as two different versions. Donnie, I'm just going to put this out there right now. I think every single game at this event is going to have be have support for smart delivery. There's mm-hmm. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If a game like Assassin's Creed does it, I think that's a huge telling sign that, or even like Cyberpunk is a good example as well. If those two games, the biggest games around, are going to, to do this, I think everyone's going to be on board with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you guys feel any differently about this? Mike, what about you? I'll tell you, you said that very well. I mean, it's tough to go against that for the fun of the podcast. I'll go against it for just a moment. But I do agree. I think (laughs) everything will be um, compatible with this project. I think Xbox and Microsoft are putting a lot of money into this, and they want this Mm -hmm. to be a selling point for next generation. But I'll just reel it back. We'll play devil's advocate for an opposite side. I think we could see some games not adapt this program in tomorrow's conference. I think you might be surprised. I would say 30%, maybe 40, almost a 50-50 coin drop. Some games will not be doing that. That sounds crazy. I'm playing devil's advocate. 
just for the sake of the podcast, but I do think we will see about 30 to 40% of the games not enacting this awesome uh, opportunity. Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on what, like, how the architecture all works. Like, what does it take for somebody to move their their game to the next system? And um, it seems like they've really made a pathway for games to almost upgrade automatically, like that with very little effort. And so, I really, I, I'm kind of with you a little bit, Mike, in that I think big publishers, big developers are going to have the the resources to make that shift and not eat the eat the cost completely but i think smaller developers are going to have maybe a a trickier time for like the upgraded version or what would be the next gen rather than it just be like a back compat type of situation which i think is a it's a blurry um environment that we're in in terms of this this is a game that was last gen but it works on the next console because of back compat versus this is a next generation version of the game. Like it's actually like a 360 versus Xbox one version. Um, so that's a, I actually kind of like that though. They will almost not be able to tell the difference. That's how seamless this whole thing, this whole thing will be. So I don't know, man, I think they're going to lean more into game pass more than anything. I think they're good. There's going to be a big surprise in big games coming day and date to game pass. I think that what they've done so far is still just the beginning and we're about to be very surprised at what value is going to be added to because I think they, as much as everybody loves it, um, this is a cornerstone of their of their strategy. And I think they're going to have to make some some big waves, big moves of through those third party partnerships of a game you wouldn't expect to be coming to Game Pass day and date. I think that's going to start with the next generation with Series X. I like yeah, that. I mean, really quick, Ryan, be- right before we go Sorry, on, man. I just want to say smart delivery is definitely the future, and it's definitely key. Right now for these first couple of years as we transition out of the console generation. So, of course, I played devil's advocate a moment ago, but Ryan is totally right. I think Microsoft and Xbox are going to pour a lot of money into ensuring that tomorrow's event that we watch, almost all, if not all, of these titles have smart delivery in the fine print. Say, yes, this is happening because this Mm -hmm. is a big deal for gamers around the globe. This is a big deal for Microsoft in the way that they've been approaching the end of this generation to say, hey, we're here for the gamers and for all of us to think, man, if I buy this game, it's going to go on to my next generation. It's going to give me the right process. It's going to give me the right game code. This is a big deal to save you money. It's a big deal to get you into the system itself. I think we're going to see it on all of them. And yeah. it's a big deal for publishers, too, to, to have that case. Like, you should buy our game now. Like, don't wait. Because if you have that, if you have the opportunity and you've captured somebody's imagination and potentially their wallet, you want to do that at the same time. You don't want to capture their imagination and hopefully capture their wallet later because you'll lose it, man. So being able to say, buy it now, it'll work on the next gen, that's a huge push for publishers. And I think that's why the partnerships have been so strong between Xbox and the publishers because it's they're making smart business moves together. Yeah, I mean, a, a game like Cyberpunk, for example, is a game that, I might have decided to wait on and not buy in September. Right but now that I know that the the Xbox One copy I get is going to work on next gen, uh, it, it's motivating me to actually buy it it's when it comes out. So it's yeah, a no brainer. I, I would imagine that at least at the showcase, it'll probably be all 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 smart delivery. But going forward, I think I'm maybe more in line with with Mike's prediction that maybe that it probably won't be all games. It might just be the backwards compatible aspect. For example, like the Xbox One version will work, but at the same time, at this event in particular, I think there's going to be a strong emphasis on games that that support this. But but let's move on. We got Dave Ray at uh, some nerd David on Twitter. He asks, "How do you predict Xbox's streaming solution will integrate into the next console launch? Is it going to be part of the pitch, or do we see it mentioned like, oh yeah, you can do that as well, kind of like uh, uh, the 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 Sony's uh, Play Anywhere service that I'm I'm blanking on the name of. Um, honestly, with this with xCloud, I think they've been touting it pretty highly. I think it'll be promoted heavily with the console, especially uh, with in tandem with Game Pass. So anytime they promote Game Pass, they, I think they're going to promote this because we did learn this week as well that um, Xbox Game Pass is going to be tying completely into xCloud at some mm-hmm. point in the future. Um, we don't have an exact, exact data how that's going to work, but uh, basically every game that's on Game Pass will work with xCloud. So crazy. Um, I would imagine it's going to basically tie into the, the the marketing and basically basically be marketed the same way as Game Pass. So you can kind of uh, take it or leave it like that. Uh, what, do, what do you think, Mike? Ryan, very well put. And it's definitely tough for me as I look forward to the future, right? We're still kind of in this quotations beta mode with Project X Cloud. I would say a lot of the general populace actually maybe doesn't know about it or hasn't gone hands on to try it. 
So I feel like, oh man, it would be tough to come out the gate swinging and be like, this is going to be guaranteed in the future. This is going to happen as it might be like a back burner for another two years from now. But as you said, right, this latest article that we read about Xbox 2020 down below, they make it clear Project X Cloud is a big deal here. We're going to tie it with Game Pass, like you said. So I really think it will be at the forefront. When will we move out of this beta stage? When will we, you know, quote unquote, stop opening it up slowly to different countries and trying different tablets and devices and just make it available and ready to rock? I don't know. See, that's why I kind of get tangled up of like, do I really start to tout this if I was up on the stage next month or the month after that with the newest console? Or is it time now that we've had it out for quite some time? It's a tough 50-50 call for me, but the way they worded in the articles, the way that we've seen it progress, yes, this is has to be a big deal for Xbox and Microsoft to continue to promote, 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 and say, hey, Sony's not doing this. We're doing this. You can play it anywhere. You want to be on the bus. You want to be at your school. You want to be like Sean right now, driving home, playing Gears. Don't do that, <laughs> but you could do that. You know, Sounds stuff like that. Dangerous. I think it's a big deal. You know what I mean? Nice, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sean, uh, same thing. You're on, on board as well? Yeah, I have really nothing to add to that. You guys are putting it very eloquently. It's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I, I think they're very surprised at how people have, have really picked up on this, but um, it's going to be, they're going to have to manage their inventory of, of messaging very carefully. And I think they've they've managed to do that by planning out new announcements every month. So we can uh, we can be sure to learn about that at some point. But um, I think you're right, Ryan. They got to be they got to be careful that not to overload and be focused. Um, and it seems like that's what they're doing. Yeah, the, I, I imagine the next time we seriously hear about it is when they're ready to announce when it's going to be widely available. Let's move on to our last question from Chris Penwell at Penwell writes. He asked, and this kind of leads into our final final topic. Do you think we'll see some JRPG love during the Xbox showcase? Well, Chris, I, I got some news for you. I bet my life on the fact that there will be a ton of JRPG love during the show today because uh, Phil Spencer mentioned on Twitter today on, on Wednesday when we're recording this that uh, almost every single game at the showcase except for Assassin's Creed is going to be a game that's never appeared on Xbox stage before wow. or or from a partner that doesn't usually present stuff at Microsoft. So I would imagine lots of JRPGs. Uh, my prediction, and I put this on Twitter, of course, is I think we probably are going to see a trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake coming to Xbox. I also think we're going to see a trailer confirming that Final Fantasy XIV is coming to Xbox, like when that's happening, like dates for both of those. I imagine uh, Tales of Arise will be there um, and lots of other JRPGs, probably some surprises. I would love to see like Square Enix, for example, bring something like Trials of Mana, which I loved on PlayStation 4, to Xbox. Um, but uh, do y'all... Get excited about JRPGs at this event. Do you think we're going to see a lot of them? Uh, Mike, I'll start with you. You know, Ryan, it's funny. You put this so perfectly, so I'm not even going to add to it because I'm not a big JRPG guy. That's out of Mm -hmm. my wheelhouse. I think as a general consumer that's not tied into that kind of world, seeing games like Fantasy Star Online come to my console and bring back those memories make me say, oh, man, I kind of like this. Is there more, right? And then you just listed a bunch of games where I'm like, Okay, if you showed me two to four of those throughout this conference tomorrow, you know, I wouldn't say a huge slice, but a small enough slice to be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Then, yeah, I would definitely get excited. Bringing up Final Fantasy VII Remake, bringing up Final Fantasy XIV would be very interesting to me. I would love to see that progress, especially as a mainstream Xbox guy who's not tied to JRPGs. I'm open to you showing me some and having the ability to possibly play them on this console. I'm into it. Yeah. Out of all the JRPGs I can think of, those are probably the ones I listed are the like the shoe-ins. But we could even see potentially something like uh, Persona or something else come. But I do think JRPGs are going to be a big focus going forward, especially with uh, Phil Spencer taking so many trips to Japan uh, and getting the J- the Japanese developers on board. Real quick, though, before we go, because we only have a couple minutes left, um, and I'm going to go to you, Sean, first. Any other predictions going into this event uh, before people will see it later today? Oh my gosh, it's so hard, man. I want I want everything. Um, but gosh, I because I want I want some things. Um, I want a Batman game to show up. I want WB to have a big presence there. Actually, I think the Harry Potter game is going to show up. That that's the thing that they didn't they just confirm that when E three was canceled. There's there's rumors going around that um that a new Harry Potter game was supposed to be coming out. Um, but I do like. I'm st- I'm gonna be stuck on this for a little while. I want Bungie to be there. I want Destiny to have a big presence. I want um, 
uh, I want Bioware to be there it, with a big presence as well. And I want Call of Duty back home on Xbox, man. Come back home to Xbox. You, it doesn't feel right on PlayStation. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I know my boy Mike plays a ton of Call of Duty on Xbox. So what would that mean to you, man? I'm wondering if, like, like would it would it would it be impactful for Xbox to forge that relationship back with Activision in any sort of way and have that unveiled at the event? I think it would. I think it would be, I would call it massive, right? It might be massive. Some people might gawk at that, but truly when you think of Call of Duty, how big it is, you think of their eSports League and PlayStation branding all over it. I think it would be a big win for Xbox to get back on the good side and work together with Activision to have that brand over with them. And it would be something for me I would definitely get excited about. Like you said, tomorrow or aka today is a big deal. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is third-party stuff, and I'm very mm -hmm. excited to see the future. What could we get? What kind of big haymakers could you smack me over the head with? But you have to remember Ooh, it's a big Overwatch? summer. Over see, people Overwatch brought that up. Too. Overwatch yeah. and Diablo, but they said wouldn't that be a BlizzCon thing? So that's kind of a 50-50 as well. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if we're stretching for the stars, like you said, Batman you think oh. of, Harry Potter you think of, there's a new Lord of the Rings Gollum game that appeared out of nowhere last week and that I didn't know anything about. There's Elder yeah. Scrolls, there's Starfield. Ubisoft has Far Cry, Watch Dogs, Rainbow Six, Quarantine, Gods and Monsters. All of a sudden, Skull and Bones could reappear, and you could be like, what are we doing with Skull and Bones? I have no yeah, idea. Good and evil. So it's very excited. That's true. Actually, you brought up a good point, Sean. Resident Evil as well. Resident Evil 8, I almost forgot about that. That's the other one where I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's going to be at this event as well. So, yeah. and and Or just anything from Capcom, I'm excited to see, because... I mean, they've been killing it lately, uh, but we got to roll on out of here. So before we go, still Mike, Mike, plugs go. Guys, what's going on? If you enjoyed bringing the hype, if you enjoyed the energy, go support these two on their Patreon. Go support them on their Twitter page. Plug yourself, They're incredible. Plug you, I don't need yourself. to plug myself because I love these two. I love Xbox <laughs> Drive. I want to get in the car every week with them and have some fun. So thank you for having me on. You can find me at Snowbike Mike on everything if you're looking for me. Love you guys. Very nice. Very nice. Sean, plugs go. Dude, okay. Uh, first of all, Mike, you're absolutely welcome anytime, man. We might have to do this again tomorrow and next week. We will we will talk, my friend. But if you guys like the show, you could uh, follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And um, you can support the show by throwing us some gas money at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. And last but not least, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. That's T-U-R-F-O-R-D, because everybody always asks. And us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. So for Snowbike Mike, Sean Capri, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 139 of The Xbox Drive. And we out. Bye. We got 2020 vision. Bye.